Friday service. This is our second Good Friday service. Uh, the first one, uh, we were here and you were at home, totally at home. It was me and Austin, and that was it. And, uh, you know, it was uh, interesting times that we went through last year, 2020. And so I'm, I'm happy to see people up in the house of God tonight. Amen. Yes. And, uh, and we'll just build upon it from, from here on out. I saw earlier the Lakers are allowed to bring fans back. And so, you know what, we can allow to open up the, the, the church a little more. Amen. Yes. And so uh, look forward to what God has. Um, a few announcements. Uh, this Thursday, uh, at, I think it's the 7th. Is that right? The 8th. The 8th. This Thursday, the 8th. Uh, women's Bible study here at 7 p.m. on the book of Elijah. So if you missed it, join us this sun this Thursday at 7. Of course, Easter Sunday at 10 a.m. here or, or online. Um, and then also don't forget to share. Uh, share this experience uh, tonight. And then also if you want to give a tithe or offering, you can do so at uh, texting the word give to 833-414-0165. Now normally it's my wife doing all that and, and uh, me preaching, but tonight we have the pleasure of it being reversed. And so I know the Lord put Amen. something on her heart and she's been working on it diligently. Uh, I would say night and day, when I mean my night or day, I woke up one, one night this, uh, this past uh, week, it was 2.30 in the morning. And I was like, uh, did you fall asleep on the couch? No, I've been up preparing. I said, okay, well, we got to get up in like three hours. Go to, go to bed, you know, go to bed. So she's excited. This is actually her third time uh, preaching by herself, her solo. We did a, a co- co-op preaching back in June. So I know she's excited to bring forth the word. Um, and so I hope you enjoy it. So with no further ado, our very own Nathaniel Kingsland. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I told him tonight you can't give a scripture. Because I'm going to load them up. Amen. (laughs) Yes. Amen. What a powerful video, right? That is my king. Yes, he is our king. And I'm here to tell you that nothing on this earth and nothing in eternity can snatch you up from God's hand. Amen. And that's why we're here today, because we're here to commemorate to remember what Good Friday is. And I just, as as I was just, you know, rehearsing and just just listening and and pondering on on today, and I was, I thought, you know what, let me let me look this up. Let me, let me, let me search this up a little bit, right? Um, And everything was just so like, like, ugh. It wasn't even any words for it. It was just heavy and and mourning and sad and and I thought um, see, I'm, I'm, I'm a little extra because I told my husband I was like um, I don't need my drinks up front, um, <laughs> so I, I found myself a little table and I was like all right I'm, I'm good I, I could do this more often you know, um, but yeah everything was you know it it, it was just mourning and despair, the representation, and with good reason, right? Um, because there was, there was just so much brokenness, there, and there's a lot of brokenness in the world right now. Pain, loss, heartache, agony, and that, those words for some of us, it sounds very familiar, whether it's something, a current state of mind right now, or we experienced it last year, or, um, you know, something that we can all relate to because at some point we're all going to experience it. But 
And, and for those of you tuning in online as well, um, but in, in reality, there's, there's hope. Amen? And even though the death of Jesus was horrific, because it was horrific, and we're going to go over that, um, it's, it's a state that we don't have to stay in. It's not permanent. And that's what's amazing. So today, the, good, the word good represents the good news that we have. It's in the gospel. It's the living word of God that is indeed very good. It is one of hope. And when we think of, um, of hope, we think, well, I think holy, right? Today was a holy Friday. And it's, it's wonderful to think that there has never, ever been a holier Friday than the one that today represents. And for several reasons, but I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I'm trying to pump the brakes. Um, because all of this took place during the, fe the festival of Passover. And when we think of Passover, it's, I, just, I just marvel at God because if you haven't had a chance to really get into his word, the meat of his word, and sometimes when we look at the Old Testament, we're like... Right? <laughs> because it's kind of hard to put in all the pieces. But the thing is, is just like any good story, you have the beginning, you have the middle, and then you have the end. But the thing is, is that the story of God, there's so many twists and turns. And, and it's like you gotta, you gotta be on your toes about it because you're gonna miss something. Right? So God sets up the stage in the time of Moses, right? When the Israelites were crying out to the Lord and they were crying out because of their own. I mean, yeah, they were in bondage and they were slaves, but, but to a certain extent, it, it, was, it was what they kind of placed on themselves, right? So, so Jesus, so, so, the, so God gives instructions to Moses that they had to slay the lamb, cover the, the doorposts, and that the spirit of death would pass over the homes that represented those who were called God's own. We are God's own. Amen? So the festival of Passover, then as they commemorated it, they would come back to Jerusalem, present a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins, and then that's where we find Jesus, right? So, again, there's no coincidences in God's story, and there's no coincidences in our story. There's no coincidences in our lives because nothing is, is take, God's not taken by surprise. So if you're facing something today, I'm here to remind you that there's hope because God is for us. I'm going to get ahead of myself, though. Let me reel it back. Let me reel it back. So I'm here to remind you, right? Let's remember that Sunday is coming. Jesus has resurrected. He has come. He, it, it, it just isn't a good day today. It's a great day, and that's worth celebrating. Amen? Yes. Um, and I want our focus to be on today, not on Sunday, because we'll see all of you back here on Sunday morning and for you online at 10 a.m., right? <laughs> um, but as we go through this evening, 
I want to challenge you all. And if you were paying attention, the songs that we sung in worship to the Lord to prepare our hearts, it's of no coincidence that the focus was around love. And as I was sharing my heart with Austin and I was kind of telling him where I was going with all of this, um, I, I shared what the challenge is tonight. And he was like, I was thinking about this song and this song and this song. And they all related to love. And as we think on Good Friday, the whole reason why Jesus took on the weight that he took the reason why God sent his only begotten son into this world to bear the ugliness on the cross was because he loves us. Amen. So my question for you tonight is, do you love him? We know God loves us, but do you love him? So pause for a moment and really think about the complexity of that question. You know, as we're kids and we're growing up and 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 even as adults, we loosely throw that word love around all the time. And we forget the significance and the weight that it bears. It's huge. It's so significant. And so I want us to really think about that because it holds a lot of weight. And if you're uncertain, that's okay. But my goal is that once we're done, you can see the great love that God has for us, for you, for me, through his son Jesus and because of what he's done. And at the answer of this evening, I would pray that your answer would be yes, without a shadow of a doubt. I do love him. But not just yes but a true commitment to God because he's our savior and that your faith would go forth with that. And if your answer is, yes, I love him. I know I love him. I love me some Jesus, right? Um, it's not enough. It's not enough just to love him. We have to really desire him. We have to have a passion for Jesus we have to have it so much that we can't contain it within us, that we have to tell the world about it because that's why we're here. He sent us to be his voice piece unto the world. Pastor has been teaching us about, about um, Paul and the, and, and, and the apostles and everywhere they went, they increased in numbers. Why? Because they couldn't contain the goodness who is Jesus. They couldn't contain the gospel to themselves because they had to let it out. So my, my, my challenge for you is that you would go deeper than you'd ever gone before with him because he's calling you unto himself. You have been on my heart, every single one of us in this room, everyone online. I have a, a, a prayer list, and I share with my friend Candace, and I just, I just tell her, and, and it's been a burden on her heart as well, for his people. Yes. We are his people, that all of his people would draw unto him. 
And I've been asking the Holy Spirit to ignite a passion, a love, and a deep desire within each and every one of us because the time is coming. The Bible says we don't know it, and we don't know it, but we know it's going to come. And when it comes, whether it's Jesus' return or whether we die tomorrow, the time is going to come, and we need to be right, and we need to be prepared. And that's my prayer tonight. Amen. Amen. So before we go into scripture, let's go before the Lord. I set the stage real good, didn't I? Woo! I got you tingling and everything, right? Like, woo, Lord, I feel the spirit. So let's go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, we just come before you, Lord. You see us. You see our hearts, Lord. You see our condition, Lord Jesus. There is nothing that is hidden in your sight. Tonight, Lord, as we dive into scripture, Father God, I pray that you would open the eyes of our hearts like you've never done before. I pray, Lord, that you would give us the understanding that can only be given through your spirit, Lord. I pray, Father God, that we would hear you so clearly, Lord Jesus, that we would know without a shadow of a doubt, that's my God. So, Lord, tonight I pray, Father, that, that hearts would be transformed, where there are hardened areas, Father, of callousness, Lord, that you would start to soak in acetone, Father God. I think of nail polish because I'm a nail girl, Lord. With some acetone, Father, you start to crumble that up and mush it all over, Father, so that your word can penetrate tonight, Father God, the deep areas in our soul, the deep areas within our bones, Lord, down to the marrow, Lord, that we would get it, Lord, that we would get your word tonight, Lord, and we would give you glory for it, Jesus, because you're worthy. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before we turn to the word, I'm going to fire my husband, and then I'm going to rehire him because he was supposed to give all of us the announcements. And as I'm praying, I'm thinking, we're going to be doing communion at the end of this. And he didn't tell any of you online to prepare your elements. So you're fired. <laughs> so for those of you tuning in online, there is still time for you to prepare your elements. Whatever you have is all you need. For those of us in here, we've got you covered. So you don't got to worry about it. Okay, so we have your, your juice and your crackers. Um, and we'll have a time for that in, in, in the end. It's coming. So if you would, turn with me to Isaiah 53. And like I said, I'm going to load you up, but you don't have to. If you don't have your Bibles, you don't have to turn. It's going to be up here. Um, but what I would ask you is just write it down. Just write down the scripture so you can go back and read it for yourself again. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. Nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected. So in other words, Jesus was ugly. I mean, it says it. <laughs> his, his representation is beautiful, but the thing is, is that he didn't make God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's Isaiah 53, but it's part, it's, it's the second part of that verse. I apologize. Um, 
because I didn't use the first part, so my apologies. Um, no, but but if we know, uh, for those of us who know, there, the story of Saul, when, when, when God told Samuel to go and anoint Saul as king, he was attractive, right? People gravitated to Saul, but that wasn't God's plan here. God used the ordinary to do the extraordinary, amen? So that's what we get from just this one verse. And Lord Jesus, I have a lot more to go. Um, he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with, deep, with the deepest grief. He turned, uh, I'm sorry, we turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Jesus is despised today, and many of many of those people, many people out in the world, they don't care. Yet it was our weakness that he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But in reality, they were ours. Amen. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was like a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep is silent before the shedders, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants and that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. This is Isaiah. This is the prophet Isaiah foretelling the death of Jesus. And then if we go on in verse 10, it says, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Let me tell you, when I read that, I thought of all the times that we go through stuff. And the Bible says his ways are higher than our ways. His plans are better than our own. So even when we're going through some stuff, Lord, it's your plan. Amen. Yet when his life was made an offering, keep that in mind, when his life was made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, meaning Jesus, he will be satisfied, meaning God. And because of his experience, my righteous servants will make it possible for many to be counted righteous for he, Jesus, will bear all their sins. Isaiah 53, 10. Let us just take a moment and look at the cross. Amen. When we think of the cross and the representation, we consider all of the events that took place. And like I said a moment ago, we think of the ugly, the horrific, <clears throat> the beating, the disfigurement, 
the punishment that Jesus endured. God turned his face away from him because of the sin. That's when today's verse of the day, it says, Lord, forgive them for, for they, they do not know. And, 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 and Jesus felt forsaken. Sometimes we, 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 get, we, we walk away from God. I don't know how far I can go in, in, in the frame, but I'll go back this way. Sometimes we feel far away from God, but it's our own doing. In this case, Jesus took upon everything, and God turned his face from him because sin separates us from God. <clears throat> but it, was, it, it had to be done. Excuse me. <coughs> I don't got COVID, y'all. I just had to put that out there. And as I like cough out, I'm like, y'all far away. I just um, have been dealing with allergies. And I called Candace. I was like, pray for me, sister, because my voice is going. And by the end of the day, I sound like a man. <laughs> so I've been, I've been trying to treat it, treat it, treat it. Go with me to Isaiah 52, 14, or write down Isaiah 52, 14. But many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, Wood would scarcely know he was a man. That was the worst kind of treatment when you think about it. <coughs> Excuse me. Not even animals would be treated like that, right? And to think, here you have Jesus just beaten, 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 beaten to no recognition. The crucifixion and the death of Jesus upon the cross was his ultimate display of love for us, the innocent him dying for the guilty, us. He knew no sin, yet became sin, so that we could become the righteousness of Christ in him. Amen. Growing up, I was gonna say I didn't I didn't grow up in church. I, I kind of grew up in church. We were we were sometime Catholics. Sometimes are Catholics. <laughs> We'd sometimes go to church. <laughs> um, and, 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 you know, bless my mama, she's here. And it was, it was because that's, you know, that was, it, it was tradition, right? And, and we do things out of tradition, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I struggled with the concept of, of Jesus because I, I, didn't, I didn't grow up a, a Christian. You know, that was a choice that I made. But because it was a choice that I made, I can tell you that I know that I deserved all that Jesus endured for me. And yet, while I was still his enemy, because I didn't know him, because I did reject him at some point in my life, he still loved me. And he still would have died for me. And I'm here to tell you, he died for you. So... I told this to a customer in my office one day, and I never forgot it. And I really had never thought about it before this way. But I told him, I know life 
without God, and I know life with God. And I'm not going back. It's not worth it. And I don't ever want to do life without him because I love him too much. Because I know now what he gave up for me. I know that it's a great, great love that he has for me. And I would have never trade it for anything. We go to Matthew 27, 45. It says, at noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Those are some dark three hours. Goodness gracious. I couldn't imagine what they felt during that time. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, and excuse me if I butcher this, Eli, Eli, Alam, Shabbatni, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Our sin separated Jesus from his father. I think of my kids when they're doing wrong, and I want them to feel my wrath. <laughs> I ignore them to no avail. <laughs> and they feel it. Like it goes deep, right? And I can only think of and We're laughing because we've all done it. The mamas and the daddies in here. And we know what we're talking about. <laughs> but I can only, I can only imagine that because my mom did it to me too, right? They shut you out. And you're like, I'm sorry, I'll wash the dishes right now, I'll sweep, you know, like, no, 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 I'll do it, I'll do it. He's like, forget it, I will do it myself, you know, <laughs> like the little red hen. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But I think, of, uh, I think of Jesus, right? He felt forsaken from God. He felt abandoned from God. God turned his face away from him because he couldn't bear to see the sin on his son. That's his beloved. That's the one he loves. And he had to turn away because his sin was so ugly. And that was yours and my sin on his son. Verse 50 says, then Jesus shouted out again, and he released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, the rocks split apart, and the tombs opened. The bodies of, 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 of godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. I'm telling you, when Jesus comes to shake things up, he don't do it small. He's going to do it big. That was it. It was like, let's go. Let's go. The war is being raged because at that moment, you knew he had to go to the depths of hell to bring his people back. Amen? There is nothing, nothing, nothing that can snatch you out of the hand of God. And then 53 says, they left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection. And they went into the holy city of Jerusalem. 
and appear to many. These were the dead people. I could only imagine the freakiness that was going out, right? I don't watch um, The Walking Dead, but I can only imagine. I mean, there weren't zombies coming after you, but you're like, wait, there goes granddad. Where'd he come from, right? Who? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> we buried you last week. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> then the Romans officers <clears throat> and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that happened. And they said, this man truly was the son of God. What an amazing testimony. What an amazing testimony that before the disciples even could pick up the courage to, to start evangelizing in Acts, Jesus and his death already started to display what was going to be coming forth. Could you imagine just through these soldiers how many lives were changed? Because then they go home and they're spreading now the gospel. Amen? They're going and they're telling their family, oh my God, can you believe what happened? And now they're saved. And then they're telling the people. And then they're telling more people. So wow. Wow, what hope, what excitement, right? Us here in Cali, we, we all know us some earthquakes. And, and yesterday, honestly, it was hot, it was cloudy, and it was rainy. And I told the guard as I'm leaving out the door for lunch, I was like, this is some earthquake weather. I was like, it's coming, it's coming. Because we know it, we know it, we know what to expect. We know what the what the shaking and the rolling it, it goes on, right? I could only imagine. I mean, we could kind of imagine, but I don't think we could imagine to the point that then dead people start rising up from the dead, type of earthquaking. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. But all of our sin for all of mankind forever was laid up on one man, Jesus. The ultimate punishment of sin is death. And it was only, and, and the thing is, is that we couldn't endure that kind of punishment. But through Jesus, it was, it's a one and done. It's a one and forever. Amen. He paid the price. He broke the power and the effect of sin. See, sometimes we're walking through life and we make choices. And then we, we, we're walking with the Lord. We make a choice. We kind of get off kilter. But, but we leave some damage behind. And then, oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Let me get back on track. And then we're walking and we kind of get off track again. And we, but we leave that damage behind. That's the effect of sin. But Jesus came and he broke the power and effect of sin in our lives. Amen? Forever. He did this for all who would receive him as Lord and Savior so that we can be redeemed. 
So I ask you again, do you love him? So my first point is, the cross equals grace. And grace, it's free. It's free, it's unmerited, it's the unearned favor of God in our lives. And that's beautiful. And I wanted us to see that contrast that the cross is ugly but grace is beautiful. And you can't have one without the other. Amen? Grace is not offered because we are good. We can't work and earn God's grace. He freely gives it to us because God is good and because he first loved us. Amen? We have all sinned. I've sinned. I'll be the first. And I have faults and I have shortcomings. None of us are perfect. Yet God has given us a way, an ultimate way out, a way to be made right with him. And the only way we can receive this undeserved kindness is the way, is the capital W. Amen? You know where I'm going with this? He, God, declares that we are righteous. Ephesians 2.8 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for it. It's a gift of God. So my second point is, grace equals the gift. You like that, huh? I had that whole vision in my head. And I was like, we got to make this happen, you guys. I don't know how you're going to do it. And it was like 12 o'clock last night, and Dennis starts putting up the PowerPoint. And I was like, no, that's wrong. And he's like looking at me like, are you serious? I'm like, that's serious. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I'm a morning person. I'm a night owl to an extent, and I'm a morning person. I can stay up late. It doesn't matter how late I stay up. I can pop up, like, let's go. So he's looking at me like, come on now. I, and, and I almost wanted to turn back for the first one because I forgot what it looked like. But I was like, wait, let me see. I love it. <laughs> I had, I'm telling you, I had a whole vision in mind. He's like, oh, this woman drives me crazy. I'm glad this is only her what, third time preaching. Just get ready, baby. Just get ready. Jesus is the gift. He is the way, the truth, and the life. The ultimate lamb of God sacrificed for our sins. This act makes him the holy altar of God, the ultimate Passover lamb that was given at this precise time during Passover season. Pastor, we talked about Palm Sunday. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Everyone was in Jerusalem. God doesn't do anything by accident. He doesn't do things by coincidence. Everybody was already there. Everybody was already there. Without them knowing, God was offering up his son as the ultimate sacrifice for the sins of all to be laid up on that cross. 
Jesus is, it, it was laid, was set up on that cross and then becomes himself the Passover lamb. John 19, 31 says in the day of preparation, because everybody, everybody's scurrying. Everybody's like, we, we got to get our lambs. We got to get our birds. If they were poor, they were, they were offering up pigeons, you know, but for the wealthy, they had enough money to buy lambs. So if you think about it, now we're wealthy because God gave that to us. Amen. But in the day of preparation, the Jewish leaders didn't want the bodies hanging there the next day, which was the Sabbath, because now we're, we're in holy time. It was, it, was, it, it was detestable per the Mosaic law to touch something unclean, to touch something dead, because then you would become unclean. So... He, they, they were like, okay, he's dead. Take him down. Take him down. We can't deal with this tomorrow. We can't deal with this on Sunday because it's going to be the Sabbath. Let's, let's take care of it tonight. And it says it was a special, very special Sabbath because it was Passover. I didn't take the rest of that part, so you can leave it off too. Isaiah 9, 14, it says, for you will break every, for, for, I'm sorry, for you will be the yoke, I'm sorry, you will break the yoke, I apologize, of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will, you will break the oppressor's rod. Jesus came to break every chain of bondage, of sin in our lives. Now this next passage is going to sound familiar to some, and it's Isaiah 9, 6-7. But tonight I wanted to kind of resonate within us a little bit differently, and I'll share with you why. And it says, for a child is born to us, a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's army will make this happen. God was committed. This was a foretelling of Jesus' birth, okay? And the reason, and you're like, probably like, it's Christmas. What does Christmas have to do with Easter? It has everything to do with Easter. Because from the moment that God spoke and said, let there be light in Genesis 1-3, all that was spoken into existence, all of eternity was awaiting this very moment. The prophecy that Jesus would not only be born, but he would be born to die. Because in order for mankind to be saved, not only did he come, he had to die. Because it was only through his death could we receive salvation. It was only through his, his death could we be made right in God. It was only through his death could we be redeemed back to God. 
Being redeemed is to be bought with the price. That price was Jesus on the cross. Without that price being paid, we wouldn't be here today. Or we wouldn't be in this state today. We wouldn't be where we, as far as in our lives. We don't know what that would look like. I'm pro- it probably wouldn't be pretty, that's for sure. Right now, we'd all be scurrying because we didn't, well, I'm not rich. I'd be getting a bird to sacrifice. <laughs> I'm like, make sure my mama raised them chickens. Like, let her keep raising those chickens <laughs> so we can have something to sacrifice, right? <laughs> We're ta- we went to the zoo the other day, Wednesday. <laughs> And we went in the little petting zoo, and oh my goodness, when we were, when Dennis and I were dating, my mom bought this goat, and she thought that it was a pygmy goat. So when my grandma passed away, and we had to go back east, well, long story short, Dennis took care of that goat, we killed the goat, we ate the goat. (laughs) It still traumatizes this man when we come around goats. Oh, goodness gracious. But everything in Jesus' birth pointed to today. It was the promise of his death. He came not just to live. He came to fulfill what God wanted him to fulfill in his time of ministry. But that time of ministry was a preparation of what he had to go through. It was, again, preparation to lead him to the date that he would have to endure for us. So again, I ask you, do you love him? Otherwise, we'd have to be, you know, sacrificing over and over and over But now, Jesus was offered in the Lord's presence at the tabernacle entrance, in other words, on Calvary. And now he, God, meets with you and I. The altar, Jesus, is absolutely holy. And I heard it. Over the weekend, so I'm not going to take it as mine. I'm going to give it back to Miss Beth Moore because it's hers. But she said, you know, Jesus being the, the, the ultimate um, altar means that whatever touches the altar itself becomes holy. Because at this time, Jesus is holy. And there isn't anything in our lives that we can't bring to God. There isn't anything that we can't lay before the feet of Jesus because whatever we bring to Jesus now, in other words, is is a living sacrifice. And when we bring that sacrifice before the altar of God, he now makes it holy. And that's a beautiful representation because when we read that the veil was torn on Good Friday, it was torn with a purpose from top to bottom. That was like God just splitting it open and eliminating the barrier that used to stand between us and God. Because before, we would have to bring 
our sacrifices to the altar of sacrifice, then the priests would go on our behalf and pray for us. But the priests were only the, the only ones that could go behind the altar. I mean, behind the veil, I apologize. So when we keep that in mind, God is, is, is eliminating the barrier and the division that used to, to, to stand between us being able to go before him. And so as a, as a Catholic, as, as a previous Catholic, that was powerful because I didn't want to have to go tell a man all my business. I was like, goodness, it's embarrassing enough that I did it. And now you have to make remind me that I did it, not to tell you about it. Come on. Woo. And then I knew that I was still sinning because I wasn't going to give him all the juicy details about it. So I'm like, thank you, Lord, that I don't have to go tell anybody. I can just come before you. Amen. I don't have to go. And then, you know, expect them. I mean, can you imagine all the prayers that they have to take up before God? That would be exhausting. Goodness gracious. And then I would feel dirty if I were a priest. He told me all your dirty secrets, all the things you did. Now I have to go cleanse myself because of you. Oh, gosh. Right? Lord, help us. Because all you're thinking about all the stuff you did and how you don't have to go tell anybody about it. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus, just for that, right? That's worth worshiping and glorifying all together. And I'm glad, I'm glad we get to laugh because we get to really, you know, it, it, it sinks in and we really get to realize like, whoa, you know, this, this all makes sense, right? This makes sense. Like, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you eliminated that. But now we can meet with him personally. Now it's, it's will we meet with him, Right? We can meet with him. Now, do we intentionally meet with him? Throwing the rock out there. So now Jesus is sitting in the place of honor at the right hand of the Father, pleading for us. In other words, again, because we don't need a priest. When Jesus ascended, Jesus is taking that place. Jesus, here's all your dirty little secrets. I'm telling you right now. But the thing is, is we can be sincere with God. Because now Jesus is the one who's petitioning to the Father on our behalf. Amen. I'll read this out really quick. Exodus 29, 45, it says, His word says that he lives among us, and he is our God. They will know that I am the Lord, their God. And I am the one who brought them out of the land of Egypt, a.k.a. our bondage, a.k.a. our sin. And I will live among them, he declares. I am the Lord, your God. He's proclaiming that he is your God. You and I were made right when we believe that Jesus sacrificed his life by shedding his blood on the cross, 
Jesus, the Son of God, is the ultimate gift that we could have ever had. He gave, he gave him up freely for us. And the death of Jesus gives us a free pass because now we don't have to experience that punishment. Right? I swatted my daughter the other day, like, she's going up this out, talking to her in time. So I swatted her, so, oh, why did you hit me? Are you going to say you're sorry? And I was like, girl, if you got the whoopings that I got when I was little, you would not survive. <laughs> but we don't have to experience what Jesus went through. Could you imagine being beat? Could you imagine to the point of disfigurement? Jesus isn't only the Lamb of God, but he is the altar of sacrifice that is holy. So when we come to him, we are made holy. Not just holy, we're made complete in him. Amen? So point three, and this one's going to be a little bit quicker, so get, stay with me because your booties, I'm going to have you stretch, do some jumping jacks really quick. So the gift equals our salvation. I hadn't seen this one. That's why I'm looking up there. I wanted to see how it came up. So salvation is not a reward for good things that we've done, so we can't brag about it. We can never save ourselves. We simply don't have the capacity to do so, as we saw, we wouldn't be able to endure what Jesus endured because we're weak. I mean, my daughter can't even take a little swat in the butt. <laughs> and then when we think of all of the self-help that's out there, I'm like, how does that work? Like, this person isn't in their right mind. How do you expect them to read a book and then fix themselves when they need the help? Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's kind of stupid when you think about it. And, and as I was kind of going over this, I thought, like, this is kind of ridiculous because when we have a broken state of mind, we are broken. We're broken. A broken person can't help a broken person. Amen. A broken person can't help themselves, let alone somebody else. Amen. Only Jesus can do that. Amen. The Bible says that we are God's masterpiece. He created us. He crafted us. And he made us a new creation in Christ Jesus. We were prepared and we were positioned to do things that he has planned for us since the beginning of time. Amen? We were created with a purpose for his purpose, with his plans to be put in motion in our lives. We don't live for ourselves. Amen? Amen? And salvation, even though I'm going to say the word simply, but, but if we overcomplicate it, it can be complicated. But it really is simple. Salvation is just simply placing our faith in Jesus. It's not about religion. It's not about tradition. It's not about customs. It's about a relationship. Amen? And that's something that we can rejoice in. It's our wonderful new relationship with God because of our Lord Jesus Christ, who makes us friends of God. Jesus makes us friends of God. 
he doesn't, we're not strangers to him. We've read over and over that God calls us his people. Amen? I do want you to turn with me, if you can, to John 3, 16. And many of us know this verse very well. And if we, have, if we don't know it by heart, we've at least heard it before, right? But do you believe it? Is it real in your life? Do you have it in your heart? And, and, I, want, and I want you to read along with me but I really want you to mean it within yourself. And it says, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. That is a promise. That is a promise. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. It's through Jesus. He is the only way to the Father. Now he is seated on the right hand of God. He is petitioning for us today. It is through him that we can be saved. There is no judgment against anyone who believes. Amen? And I ask you again, do you love him? Salvation equals worship. We worship because Christ has set us free from the power of sin and death no longer has any power over him who died. Amen. So the same is true for you and for me. We have hope today. We have deliverance today. He is no longer dead. He is not in the grave. He has risen. He is alive. He is seated at the right hand of the Father in his throne in heaven. And we have the power and the authority in the name of Jesus. We are grafted in because we believe. When we believe, we are grafted in. And we have the power in his name. He has conquered all. He is victorious. And that is worth worshiping tonight. Amen. Yes, Lord. In heaven right now, it is being said, you are worthy of our worship and praise. And the creatures and the elders are praising his name day after day and night after night we will worship. That's the next verse, Dennis. Pay attention, please. Because I'm on a roll. And we will worship, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the one who always was who is and who is still to come. He is coming again. And that is the hope that we have. Amen. You are worthy, O Lord, O God, to receive all glory and all honor and all power for you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. He saw you, and he was pleased with you. He saw you, 
and he loved you. Do you love him? Worship equals your victory. Yours and my victory. The wonderful grace that God extended to us is abundant. It is overflowing. He pours it out on us. Sin and death once ruled, but because of Jesus, God's grace and mercy now rule over everything. Yes, there is still a dark force. Yes, the devil is real. If you don't believe it, he's real. I'm telling you right now, it's real. It's the truth. He rules, but he has no power. Amen? He has no power. God's grace and mercy rules over everything. And we have newfound joy in life. Amen? Because God loves us. And he gave his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So let me ask you again. Do you love him? The story of the cross is more than just a story. It is the power of God. It is our salvation. It is our redemption. And it is his desire to have a relationship with his people, with us, his children. As you meditate on these words tonight, and on the new covenant, which is the new promise that God gave. When Jesus came, God was saying, I had to give you all of these rules and I had to give you all of these don't do and don't do and stay in order and don't do because you don't listen, right? Like our kids, they don't listen. And it's so frustrating, right? That's when God gave the Ten Commandments and even still we couldn't listen to him. And I say we because like the Israelites, we all don't listen. But through Jesus, God was fulfilling that promise that the old law would be abolished. And he was giving us a new promise to say, now you can look to me. Where before we had to do all this extra work and work is exhausting and I and I think that's why they didn't listen. <laughs> They're like, there's too many rules, God. And he's like, wait, 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 it's coming, it's coming. Just hold on, it's coming, right? But now we have a new promise through Jesus. All that Jesus did for you and for me was to provide us salvation Again, it's not your works. It's not how good of a person you are. It's not about the good deeds that you do. It's not how you help. I mean, all of that's good stuff. And God will work through us. He tells us, you know, to take care of the sick and the widow. And, and you know, for those, and, and Paul writes, you know, about the prisoners. Like, oh, that's good. And yes, but none of that means anything if we don't have Jesus. And as you meditate upon the love that was released, the grace and the mercy that has been given you, as you think on the message of the cross this Sunday, the power of God is available tonight. 
He wants to prepare. He wants to, I'm sorry, he wants to prosper you. He wants to protect you, deliver and heal and bless you. Remember that victory is yours because he is victorious. Power is given to the one name, the name above every name, that at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So what can you say or do to earn God's love? He doesn't require anything. All he says is to surrender our lives, the sincerity of our hearts, we can bring before him in faith. And we do this by believing to choose, to choose to believe, I'm sorry. God knew you in advance and he chose you. And you have a choice at the end of the service. My prayer is that you would choose to believe. Would you come up? So we're going to take a moment and we're going to take partake in communion. And I'm not here to make you feel guilty tonight. I'm not here to, to condemn you because Jesus didn't come to condemn and I'm not here to condemn, amen? But I'm here to help you realize that we all need God. And we can fulfill the lack and the void and the emptiness and the need in our lives. And I'm not saying that we're broken all the time, but when we're broken, we know where to turn, amen? And when we're feeling empty, we know where we can get a refill. Amen? Because we all get tired. I get tired. I get tired. I'm telling you, I get tired. And the only thing that can sustain me is Jesus. But we can't come to him if we don't know him. We can't. It doesn't work. It's worthless. But he who bore it all is available. Amen. So as we prepare our hearts and, and in here, the elements are going out. As you prepare your heart before God to receive communion, let's ask him right now to search our hearts. We all are sinful by nature. And that is why we need a savior. And tonight we can ask God to help him, help us see our need for him. Amen. We can ask him to help us see our lack and our love for him. Amen. And ask him to remove anything in our hearts that isn't right with him. He can clean it in the mighty name of Jesus. His grace is greater and his love is deeper. Amen. Will you pray over the, the bread? So if I could ask all of you who could stand to stand with us right now.
In our hands, we have the elements of communion. And they represent so much more than just grape juice and bread. You know, it's as Athania said, and, and as we focus this week, it's the foundation of our Christian faith. And I want to focus on the body of Christ. There's his body going to that cross that gave us for forgiveness today. As Athania said earlier, you know, it, it, it was his body that was bruised. It was his body that was beaten. He was the perfect lamb of God, a sinless person mm-hmm. yes. dying for the guilty, which is me. It's us. That was, that was, that was, that was supposed to be me on Calvary. But he took our spots and he did it willfully. He did it with me in mind, with you in mind. When he could have called 10,000 angels to stop it all, he chose to continue with it because of one reason, and that's his love for you. No man knows any love other than lay his life down for his friend. You're his friend. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight, Lord Jesus, and we do this, Lord, not as a ritual, but as a relationship, as an opportunity, Heavenly Father, to really commune with you. It's called communion. It's a fellowship with you, Heavenly Father. Lord, and I thank you, Lord, for what you have done on the cross for us, on that, not just good, but on that great Friday, for taking the stripes that you bore that we deserve for taking lord the beating that we deserve for taking upon the sins of all men that we deserve to take it upon ourselves but you did it for us and today it's not a solemn event it's a celebration yes for what you did over two thousand years ago for us and we do this in remembrance of you Bible says that there can be no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. And we know that Jesus shed his blood on the cross for us. It was splattered. It was smeared. It was dripping. It was covering the cross. That ultimate sacrifice because Jesus was on a mission. He had a purpose. And that was to make everything that was wrong right on that cross. Amen. It was through his blood, through his, through his death, that we're restored. The Bible says that his blood heals us. Amen. And we know today that we are made whole in him. We have peace in him. Amen. We have the privilege of God's favor because of the shedding of blood that which is unclean in us is now made holy because of the blood of jesus so lord we glorify you for your sacrifice you are worthy and deserving of all of our praise and we take this in remembrance of your blood being shed on the cross for me 
In Jesus' name. And that's for you as well. I mean, I meant to say so you personalize it. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, as you're standing with me, I want to ask you all, do you love him? Do you love him? And I don't mean it to sound like a broken record. I just want you to get it tonight. Again, I want you to get it so much that it sinks in your soul. I want you to personally know and believe that he loves you. Amen? That this is real. His word is real. His word is so real that when it was spoken, it formed the earth. It separated the sky. It, it, it separated light from darkness. Amen? It created the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky. His word. His word spoken. I want everyone to say, he loves me. So let your faith rise up tonight. Amen? Would you receive him tonight? So I'm going to extend an invitation of commitment to God tonight. It's not about religion. Again, it's not about legalism. It has everything to do about seeking God daily, going deeper in your relationship with him and asking him in your life, accept Jesus as your savior and allow his love to transform you. So for those of you online, if, if you're making a commitment to God tonight, you can email us, you can text us. But for those of you in here, I really want to extend an invitation to come to the altar. The altar is open. Think of it as the altar of God right here. And as we said, as you come to the altar, you're coming to Jesus, our King who can directly make you whole. He can wipe your track record without bringing it up again. Come to the altar of Jesus and be made holy because he is holy. Amen. So, Lord, we just come before you. We give you everything, Lord. We surrender our lives to you. We accept you tonight, Jesus. We accept your sacrifice for us. Make us clean. Make us whole. Increase our faith in you, Lord. We bless you for it. Lord, we know we were wrong. And we know that you're right. And we thank you for that. I'll follow you, Jesus. I'll follow you, Jesus. I'll follow you, Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen, amen. So if you're here tonight and you need prayer, come up. As I shared with my son, because he was like, oh, that's little. It doesn't matter. And I told him, if I brought in a pebble into your room every night, every night I brought a rock and I filled up your room, then it becomes a lot. And even though we may think it's little, it's a lot to God. Yes. 
So no matter what you think your petition is, bring it to the altar. Lay it at the feet of Jesus. Amen. 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 So.